0: Hello everyone, my name is Christian Neira, I'm an organizational psychologist. I've been working in human resources for about, I would say now, 18 years, Um, originally I'm not from the US, I'm from Chile, South America, you can tell by my accent, and I've been living here in in the US basically for six years already. I just started this podcast um, trying to find anyone who is interested in organizational psychology and coaching. Um, I I decided to start this podcast to talk about how people could be more engaged, more happy, have better relationships and maybe find a better way to fulfill their passions in the job that they are are doing Uh, my approach will be very uh, different than what you have um, here maybe in social media in other coaches out there or uh, famous people Um, my approach is less utopic is much more realistic, I would say. Um, I basically don't promise anything and it's not glamorous at all. Um, What I mean with that is that uh, the way to find fulfillment in your job or in your profession it's a rocky road it's full of up and downs and sometimes that fulfillment is not uh, so obvious Um, so if you think that in this postcard you will find um uh, recipes for uh, success or recipes for you know um, uh, basically uh, being executive um, this is not the podcast that I will um, basically recommend you uh, I will talk about more about how people struggle in their work, and what I think are the causes of that struggle in order to find a solution for them. So I will just start in this first chapter of the podcast talking about why we we always look, or why I think the natural tendency of the human being is to look for... um, these um, big coaches or, um, you know, famous coaches out there that they uh, basically um, present you um, a, a reality or a possibility without any boundary where people could be every day, every minute happy and they can per- basically do their passions and at the same time making a lot of money and be completely, completely happy. Well, I think I don't want to be a bummer and say, hey, that's not possible. I think um, many of those uh, coaches, they make profit on something that is very inherent of the human being which is hope right hope to have a better life to have a better job to have a more fulfilled and passionate job to have um, a, basically to live a life where people can feel they are self, basically. Um, they are realized. They are. Um, they are performing what they love. While I don't want to say that that's impossible, I really am very critical with this approach that you can just follow your passion, just finding it inside you, and. Quit your job and make start creating a business. Whatever it is that passion that you have, and just put hours in there. Have a plan, and you will be happy. You will be doing what you really want to do. I think uh, there's a trap there that um, that sometimes people are falling very easily there. Uh, on those those promises my my word of caution would be that you can find your um, passion maybe in your current job or in your current profession you don't have to just quit everything that you have built already Um, you just have to do adjustments you might have to um of course, change the way that you are uh, building those relationships in your current job or maybe yeah maybe you will have to find another job if that is the case but just thinking that you just by starting your own business on whatever one you want to do and that will make you um, the most happy person in the world I think it's a trap and I think you have to Uh, be aware or be a little more careful of doing it Um, I I have a lot of you know critics to those coaches out there like um, let's say the most famous one Tony Robbins for example because they use um, some techniques like in this case Tony Robbins he uses NPL, you know, which is neuro uh, programming um, language. That it basically works with um, with language, uh, non-verbal language, to create a mood, to create uh, a sensation in his audience, and he's very good at it. But that it's very attractive. And it creates emotion and engagement. But in the long run, that has long, that's very short, short fuse. In the long run, people need something more less, you know, emotional maybe sometimes, but that makes a little more sense and a deeply sense, right, to, to make a change. Um so I'm very critical to the, of those coaches out there that they sell this sensation, right? They sell this state of mind where people who were limited they can see that they have possibilities and these you know people they transmit hope and progress and all kind of Um, good possibilities to them and they make them they make them dream again but I would say that um, that doesn't last too much Um, I am not gonna be bitter here and say that happiness is not possible but first I would say that um, happiness and joy it's a temporary state there's a there's a temporary permanent state of the. for me you know happiness is happiness and to be happy all day it's just um, it's just an emotion that even when you're doing what you really love it will disappear because it's difficult to sustain an emotion for too long. And secondly, for me, for the most, uh, you know, um, I would say the most important thing is to reach a fulfillment, which is um, a sense of purpose, a sense of being in a being. Do being in a place, in a job, in a profession, where you see yourself building something or um, in, in a mission that makes and resonates with your values, with your personality, with your talents you find that place where you can connect with your values, when your values and when your uh, talents connect with your activity and also with other people in your job, to create something meaningful, I think you have reached or you are in the path of fulfillment. And this is this is a path. I'm saying path because it's never it's never linear. Sometimes you will lose that connection, and then you will find it again. It's like a constant search. Um, so that's why I think um, these coaches out there they they just present itly so so simple and so easy. And I think in reality. It's a little more complex. It's not that it would be something so complex that you cannot apprehend, but um, it's not that linear, it's not that easy, and it's full of ups and downs and turns. So, uh, in this podcast, basically, what I will do is talk to you about what I know, Um, and in order to do that, I would like that you um, understand what is my vision of fulfillment, which is something that you reach, you search, and sometimes you lose. sometimes you reach fulfillment for a while and then you lose it. So it's, it's something that you constantly have to chase. Um, and you have to enjoy the journey too, which is make it a little more harder. Uh, for, for this, I think the most valuable tool that you have is basically, well, there's many tools, but I think one of the most valuable one is self-awareness. So you have to know who you are, what what are your talents, what are your dreams, with with what things you connect, what things shock you, what things you can compromise and what things you cannot. And for that, you really have to know yourself. And you have to know yourself in a way that you can... Um, apply your know your self-awareness in your daily work in your daily decisions in your daily activities it's not just that you know yourself because you did um, a personality test and then you Basically, or you did a therapy and you know where are your weaknesses and strengths, but you don't, you don't apply that knowledge in, a, in your daily life. So that will be a passive knowledge, it's not an active knowledge. You're not using it to create change in your life. So I will say self-awareness, but this is an active self-awareness that you apply every day. I think that's key. Um, in this uh, basically uh, journey of fulfillment and the other aspect I think it's, it's very very key is that um, you can find it and I just mentioned this briefly before but you can find it in your basically own profession or your, your own job if you are in um in a career already you have built some basically you have some some journey already built that you don't want to lose that you don't want to you want to leverage you know right and you want just to continue in that path you don't want to just change careers or completely change um profession um because you will lose all that mileage that you have already walked. So sometimes I think it's uh, the wrong idea when they tell you you have to change careers, change professions, and start from zero. I think no one should start from zero. Everybody has some something to leverage on. And I think you might have... opportunity in your own job in your own organization because you have the power to change organization but you don't realize that sometimes you feel trapped or you feel like there's nothing they can do with the culture with the people it might be it might be true some organizations are are impossible to change or you don't have the power or the position to change them but Sometimes you have more opportunities there than what you think, and I will talk a lot in this podcast about that. I think um, when and this is this is um, this leads me to my my second concept that I want to talk is about systems, because the the first one is self awareness that you know who you are and what you're looking for. But my second concept that I think is very, very important to manage is that to know that you are in a system, you're in a system of people, because that's what an organization organization is. It's a system of relationships of people. And when you change and you know those relationships and you know the power that you have on those relationships you can influence people you can change your own position and you can change the system so um, self-awareness is also connected with awareness of others or awareness of uh, the system, the system and the relationships in that system. Um, This is more extracted from the theory of systems where they said that one, that just one piece, you are just one piece of a system, but when you change the whole system changes as well. Um, so sometimes when you change the system toward the place where you want to be, you mu- you find those opportunities to do what you love and to basically contribute in your own company where you work um, with, um, with something that is connected with um your purpose. So sometimes you don't have to even change you know your job. You just have to you just have to find the space and create the space in your own job. Um, so um, this is this topic touch many many theories And that, you know, involves psychology, um, involves labor relations, um, involves leadership. But what I really want to express in this first episode is that uh, the most important thing here is just um, know that you have to know yourself. And this is also a path where you apply your self-awareness in everyday job and then you change. And also it's a path where you can create new ways, new relationships, and new uh, possibilities to yourself in your own job, your own system, your own um, community. So um, if you like all of these concepts and it makes sense to you, I really... Um, please, I ask you to um, just give, send me a comment. Uh, also, if you don't think that this is really makes sense for you, also, you know, tell me that. Um, I'm open to criticism. Um, but that's, I would say, is the idea of this podcast. We will talk about self-awareness, we will talk about personality we will talk about uh, relationships at work, relationships with your boss, relationship with your co-workers with different areas. If you're a manager, how to you know motivate, engage, create engagement and, um, and then how to basically and if you are um, an entrepreneur, how to basically um, influence and convince uh, others, right? Through uh, marketing, through, um, through your speech. So we will talk about all those subjects. And please, if you think that you want to talk about anything else, just also let me know. So, thank you and welcome. Hello, I hope you had a very good week. Um, I will save this podcast number two. Um, related with um, happiness in your workplace. Um Every week I will choose a different theme to talk about and this week I chose motivation. Um, the reason that I chose this subject is that it's one of the primary focus of discussion in every business journal, uh, management books, and they have talked a lot about this topic. Um, Last podcast or my introductory podcast, I I mentioned that in, in order to reach fulfillment, you don't have to change jobs sometimes or trying to find your dream job or all that kind of uh, basically uh, inspiring quotes that you can find out there in YouTube or all social media. Um, in this podcast, I will just mention briefly what are the theories of motivation and why I don't think they are useful in daily life and what is the science is finding now about behavior and motivation that it might be differ from the old theories. But in order to to understand this you know big um, and complex uh, phenomena of motivation you need to understand also a little about the, the theories that try to explain it. So in the past we had different uh, theories about motivation, and we have Maslow with the famous hierarchy, hierarchy of, of needs, uh, in which you will have the basic needs on the bottom of the of a, per, of a pyramid. So that would be uh, food, that would be shelter, and you go going up until self-actualization. Uh, and in this ladder of, of, or hierarchy of, of needs you will have needs in between related with um, safety uh, or, or related with uh, being in a, um, uh, in, a, in a group and feel that you are recognized, uh, etc. Uh, and in the top of the hierarchy you will have self-actualization which is when you are basically doing your passion and uh, fulfill your talent, I would say, in your job. So, in order to get there, you have to basically uh, fill the needs that is, you know, uh, one step below on the hierarchy. Well, that's Maslow theory, but. Uh, science and studies they have found that this is not totally accurate that actually you know the human behavior doesn't act that way you might feel sometimes that you are you know feeling very satisfied because you have a goal or you're working on a project that is that is going in a good direction and you are feeling that you're using your skills and you those that project it has an impact in your job or maybe for other people and you're moving forward and that feeling keeps its basically your drive right and you might at the same time not feel like you are getting paid off or maybe you know you don't have the appreciation of your boss but doesn't matter you take your drive from your project so in reality that would be um, on Maslow hierarchy a higher needs and at the same time you will have not fulfilled at that moment your basic needs that will be you know feeling recognized and you know get uh, Feeling that you're getting um, um, paid accordingly. So, reality has shown that the Maslow hierarchy really doesn't work that way. Uh, human beings are more complex, and sometimes you might be motivated in one need without um, the other. So that is one of the theory, you know, regarding motivation that is out there that it was is used. A lot on business, and basically, science right now is finding different things. Then you have Herzberg, and he explained a little like similar to Maslow that there are needs that are hygienic needs, that are, for example, being in a place where you have food, you have shelter, you feel secure and um, protected, and those are more like basic needs and those he called it the hygiene factors and then you have the other factors that are he called it motivating factors like status like feeling part of a group feeling love you know feeling that you are pursuing your talent that he called it all of that motivating factors so similarly to maslow he said that you have to fulfill first the hygiene factors and then fulfill the others motivating factors well so, similarly to uh, Maslow, the science has shown that, in reality, this doesn't work exactly like the theory in, in you know, uh, humans' behavior. And um, the <clears throat> other theories that are out there is McClellan's. McClellan's has the theory of the goals, right, in which, you know, motivation, it depends on... Well, he, he actually divided different types of motivation. that are, for example, some motivations are more related with people. So it's the need to pertain to a group, right? To be recognized in a group, to have, um, to to being, to feel that we pertain a certain group and we are part of something bigger than than ours, right? Than than we are. So that's what they, he called it like the needs related with, um, you know, um, uh, per, uh, to, to pertain to something, it's the, the person pertaining needs, uh, but also needs related with um, uh, uh, achieving, he uh, called it more achieving needs, that is to feel that you, you are capable, you can do things, so um, on the way that you are making progress or you are creating new things and those things are getting out there and you are seeing your progress in every in, in anything that you do you get motivation from there so um, he basically separated those kind of um, different motivations factors in, um, in the human experience but he didn't write um, that was his um, uh, basically um, contribution to the motivation theory. And then you have uh, Brooms, I think you, it's B-R-O-O-M-S, and he added the expectancy, expectancy theory. And this is very interesting because he adds something new that the other authors didn't didn't really think about, that is um, how um, is the combination of how reachable the person thinks that they can reach that goal. So, if a person, for example, thinks that, uh, you know, that's an easy goal, and I'm, I'm, I have all the skills, experience to reach that goal. Basically, the reward that I obtain if I achieve that goal is not the same that I will obtain if I have a goal that stretch my. Uh, my behavior, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a higher goal, a more difficult goal, where um, I will have to develop maybe a new skills or improve my skills to get there. Um, and how I think about my abilities, it impacts really the reward that I receive from the achievement or not achievement of those goals. So. He added this new factor that is related with how our expectations and how also how how um, how capable we are to assess our you know abilities in a very real manner because it it might happen also that you have very um, unrealistic goals right you you want to just run a marathon and you Um, and you just say, okay, I will run a marathon in three months and you have never run in your life. So that will be a a realistic goal that, you know, probably will, you will start training for that. You will start running and the first week you wouldn't be able to run, you know, five miles. And then you will feel totally drained because your goal was so high, you overestimated your abilities and then, you know, you will be totally disappointed or totally discouraged right so the expectancy model of brooms are this um, factor of our how we we see ourselves and how we see uh, how we assess the obstacles in reality to reach our goals so that's brooms that you know contribute to all these you know motivation uh, authors. Um, then you have McGregor, that he says that basically on management you have um, the Theory X, that they were the old management schools that say that in order to motivate the people, you have to, basically this is the stick of the carrot, right? You, you have to pay them bonus, pay them incentives, you know, give them uh, raises or promotions, and on the other hand, you know, discipline, discipline them with, um, uh, you know, uh, warnings, demotions, uh, uh, all the their punishment tools, right? Uh, suspensions, etc. Mm-hmm. So, and on the other end, on, on like in, in management, also you have theory why. That theory why would be that you think that, no, so. Theory X, that use these tools of, you know, the stick and the carrot, uh, they think, or the, the premise of that theory is that the human being is lazy. And you need you need that push from the outside, from management to, you know, get the work done. But, uh, Theory Y, what it thinks is that every human being wants to be better, wants to, um, you know, progress in life, progress their skills. so. That theory basically work with, um, you know, career development, for example. So, uh, management tools like creating career path, creating cross training, so people can learn different things in the job, creating um, uh, projects and enhancement enhancement of jobs, so that people can uh, do new projects, innovating projects, and you know, develop themselves within the job and develop the company at the same time. And with that, you know, you will tackle their motivation. You will engage with them and they will be happy and totally, you know, motivated. So that's the theory why with McGregor. So all these are classic authors on the motivation theory. Uh, But lately I've been very interested in basically reading a little about new theories that uh, are adding new things um, to all of this um, previous knowledge, and it's very interesting because these new theories they talk about um, they they recognize uh, some elements about you know self-efficacy. how, how do you think? about yourself, how efficient do you think you are that is more related for example with Vroom's expectancy theory um, and it's also related with, pers- with basically um, self-esteem which is a very important topic and I totally agree with that, that actually motivation it's related with um, how you perceive yourself as well and your abilities and skills. Uh, uh, but uh, they basically said that the motivation, the most powerful motivation, is on uh, making small wins. Um, this is a study, you know, um, that um, was uh, written by Amabel and Kramer, and, they, and it's a Harvard Business Review study. but. Basically, what they say is that the human beings, you know, feel motivated when they are making progress, and they have small wins. They learn something. They solve a little problem or obstacles in a big project toward a big goal. Right. So think about, I don't know, um, uh, the, the the space, the aerospace career. Right. First they. they they create a satellite. They, they study how the satellite perform in different atmospheres. They solve some problems in different, with, the, with the trial and errors, And then they uh, start building you know, better and better machines until they are able to put an animal, for example, in one of those um, you know, rockets. And then they prove that. And they continue making programs by trial and errors, and and theories behind, toward you know until they could you know send a rocket with human beings, you know. And this path was full of up and down. So that path is basically what motivates a human being. How they can see that they are one step forward, one step. Uh, higher than yesterday okay Um, new problems arise and new solutions you know you have to implement so they studied that what it really motivates in the brain this is neuroscience is is that progress that's learning combined with progress and you know I would say uh, problem-solving kind of um, uh, combination so um, that's very interesting because that would change everything that you know um, about motivation and the other things that science is learning about motivation as well and i think it's very very interesting is that this is motivation is not something that you Take from outside that is out there, and you just grab it, and you just put it in yourself, and you get motivated. Um, motivation is within you all the time, and, um, and it's just a matter of how you manage it. You are yourself manager of your own motivation. So they, the, basically the new uh, findings are that. You basically can are motivated every day for many, many things. So the problem is not the lack of motivation. The problem is that it's too much motivation, which you can translate to too much distraction. So you have Netflix, you have your cell phone, you have um, uh, your coach, you have a fun conversation to do, and those, they look... Much more appealing, are much more, you know, uh, is, uh, uh, like I would say enjoyable than just go and go to the floor and do some uh, some push-ups or just, you know, go for a run. Even if you will feel, you know, great on the run and you will feel the endorphins doing the exercise. I mean, the pain on the muscles, the you know, um, all the pain that you will suffer at the same time doing the activity, it will make it a little more harder. Unless you, you know, you just, you know, focus on all the achievements that you are gaining with those small wins that the science is talking about. So it's not the problem that you don't have motivation. The problem is that you have too much motivation. There's so many things around you that motivates you, and that's you know, it's basically difficult to manage. So the secret here is you know how to manage that, right? So they focus in this new approaches to motivations more than just find the purpose or just find the uh, basically the vision and visualize yourself. Okay, I'm gonna just run that marathon, right? I visualize myself running New York Marathon, you know, in a year, and the people and all of that, and it was just run. They visualize, they, they are more practical, and they say, let's, if you want to just, you know, achieve that, just f- focus yourself in a small wins, a small goals. So break that down. So let's say you have that goal, uh, two years more, but you, that's a goal that is, on the future, but focus, let's say, in a 10K run in, the, in, you know, in two months. So you focus yourself in something small that you want to reach, and then you, um, achieving that, you celebrate yourself, and then you go for the next, the next basically, higher uh, goal and while you do that you have to have a plan so um you have to think about all the things that distract you from running let's say so you will say okay um if i if i come back to work in the evening i'm so tired and i and my kids want to play maybe all of that is taking you away from your goal so it that's the an environment factor or if you wake. In the morning, you have to drive to work, and you really don't have the time to run. So, how are you going to adjust your time? How are you going to find a better time for you go to a run? So, maybe I don't know. One solution could be um, you um, just um, try to get up early, go to the, the job early, but instead of you know finishing at five, you will finish work at. 4 you can work with your manager on that and then you go to a run there at 4 in the afternoon after you know your work and then you get home around 5 30. so that could be a solution where you basically adjust your environment that helps you to achieve your goal and this is also valid for everything for example if you are in the job and you want to you know be able to focus more on, uh, on the, uh, or 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 basically, let's say that your goal is trying to not, uh, uh not disperse yourself when you are working and trying to prioritize, better your task, right? So you focus on the important task, you just check all and you just finish all the sort that urgent task, and basically you are working in your time management. Let's say that you want to build. Better time management. So one of the things that you have to do is just cleaning your desk for example because cleaning your desk will give you clarity of mind to organize your task. Then the other thing that you have to do is just every morning you will have to write down or if you have it there, you know you can use different tools that are out there to you know organize and you know put your tasks there your emails that you have to send, the emails you have to respond, the prayers that you have to start, the prayers that you have to follow up, and you just write it down in, you know, the most urgent, the most important task. Um, And then you work your day around it, you are flexible at the same time when, you, you know, but you stay, you stay focused and you identify what are the obstacles that take you away of that. When you start getting disorganized you don't know what to do where to focus you have to find what are the things that pull you out of that goal and what are the things that pull you in on that goal and when you have clarity on that you can control your environment and control your environment is very important to get you there so instead of focusing on motivation this science what they do they say is that you have to focus on your environment. You know? So I think it's I'm more um, toward these kind of new discoveries um, that are more related with um, with motivation and um, that are back up with uh, you know basically uh, neurologi- neurological sciences. So. Um, I I would suggest you know that w- you check more those kind of things. I I would suggest two books that they explain about also habits that I think it's are related with uh, with uh, the new science related with motivation. And one is um, the the power of habit that is a very good book and Atomic Habits. Uh, the that focus more on mini-habits. Um, we will speak more about those books and those theories in the next, you know, podcast, but um, for this one, I just want that you have the idea about all the things that they talk about motivation. And But finally, you know, uh, after a lot of discussion and investigation of that, they fear that a human being, how they... Get motivation is basically by small wins, right? By a small, you know, steps toward achievement on things, goals, projects, achievement are important for those people. So that opens a new uh, question: that that is what is important for the people. Well, and that is opens, you know, different because that will touch basically. Um, personality types, right? Some people are more motivating to uh, creating things um, that are good for others or getting the team together or creating, you know, uh, a, a real good team. Other people are more toward to, you know, uh, being the best salesman or being the number one athlete or, you know, getting the best time on the marathon I don't know so motivation varies depending on personalities and you know varies at the same time depending on um, um, the moods and you know the stages on life of people so that's you know add another factor of complexity to all of this but the idea here is that you have to have is that motivation is not Something from outside, it's not something that you get from outside, it's something that you have to manage yourself because you have a lot of motivation and so much that you get distracted. So that's basically the idea here that you have to have. And uh, the other thing is about goals, right? Uh, Basically, motivation is to is improving towards something meaningful for you. So in order to connect this piece with, um, with other, um, to make sense, you also will have to learn about personality. You have to learn about what is your type of personality to understand really what are the things that motivate you. And at the same time, we will speak about mental health because um, one of the f- factors that is very important to, be, to have clarity uh in your life and what is good for you and what basically you really need to be fulfilled is you know uh, being a state of mind being a in a in a condition of mind that you are healthy you know when you are in um, some kind of mental disorders anxiety anxiety mental disorders or you know depression that could be affected so um we will talk about in several in next podcast about personality types and that probably would be many, many podcasts because that's another big, big one and, um, mental health. Okay. So please feel free to give me any comments to the podcast. Um, I will be, um, reading, you know, those, uh, you can, um, basically, um, Reach me to my webpage that is carvyconsulting.com. Carvy is K A R V E um, dash consulting.com. Thank you.